Welcome back to Fraggling with Serafina. I hope you enjoy this episode. Arrogance. My physician has diagnosed me with that as being my true disease. So it doesn't matter if I have a cold, I have a virus, I have mono, Epstein Barr, Guillain-Barre, chikungunya, dengue, I've had all of those. Uh, My true disease is arrogance. And he's treated me for that. He actually gave me tarantula venom and platinum. Yeah, he's a far out physician. He deals in vibrational medicine. And he said, my true disease is arrogance. And I should look into that. If it is that I really want to deal with longevity, health, and really um, becoming sovereign in my own body. He talks like that, right? So I'm like, okay, arrogance. Being the Virgo son that I am, you know, we always want to do things perfect. We want to get things right. Um, And I'm like, okay, I'm going to hack this stuff. Arrogance is my true disease. What is arrogance? So what is arrogance? A lot of people who know me would not consider me to be an arrogant person. But all the tests come back when he puts my little finger in the little machines and he does all his little thingamajigs and all the little machiney things. Um, the vibrational equivalent of arrogance comes back on his machines. So he must know what he's talking about. So what is arrogance? Well, arrogance is a fear of vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability. That I can roll with. Do I have a fear of being vulnerable? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So, the man knows what he's talking about. So, for me to hack myself, I've got to get over my fear of vulnerability. Why not start a podcast and tell people all the horrible things and crazy things and stupid things and shitty things (laughs) that I do and have done? Why not start a YouTube page and let the whole world know how woo-woo-woo you really are. So yeah, thanks guys for taking part in my exercise in vulnerability. I have a story for you. So at the age of 14 years old, I am going to an all-girls convent school. I'm a pretty good Catholic. I'm pretty ordinary. I'm not terribly pretty. 
I'm not terribly smart, not terribly great at school, pretty mediocre average in everywhere. don't have a lot of friends you know I'm just invisible mediocre I um and I'm pretty okay there you know I'm pretty okay being not seen um not noticed and just in the middle of the row just in the shadows, not standing out, uh, not being exceptional in any way. I, to me, that was like the most natural and comfortable place. Until I met my motivation to become a star. And his name was Hayden. I saw him when I was 14 years old. Um, uh, the, on a carnival Tuesday night and all I could say is that the air around him shimmered he was like a shiny pretty thing he was beautiful he was a lot older than me he was a big man and I was a 14 year old girl and I don't really think he was a big man I just think I saw him that way because I really did just kind of see myself as a child he was probably 21. So yeah, he was an, an adult. And I was 14. He was also the most popular guy uh, in my neighborhood. He was also a bad boy. Um, he was also an altar boy in church. So he was the classic bad boy, altar boy, popular with every young female, including, I find out years later, um, my uncle's wife. <laughs> but that's another story. Um, so, yeah, Hayden. That night when I saw him, I also saw on his side um, the most beautiful girl in my school. She was the person that you'd love to hate because she was super smart, great at school, popular, nice. She just looked great in clothes. She had the most picturesque family um she was somebody that was just so god damn nice she was nice in every way she was nice on the inside she was nice on the outside she was just she never had any arguments with people she doesn't she didn't get into fights she was never in a bad mood it was so freaking sickening that somebody could be so just goddamn perfect yeah so i really didn't like her <laughs> i didn't and of course she's standing next to the most prettiest man that i've ever seen in my life and they were very chummy so of course you know 
that was my motivation to become the most popular girl in my school the most sought after young girl in among uh, all the young men in my community um, that's what I knew that I needed to be in order to catch my prize Hayden because I had decided right then and there at the age of 14 on that Carnival Tuesday night that I was going to be taking him to my graduation dance as my date. I did not have a particular plan at that point. I just knew I had a goal. And I knew what I needed to be. I needed to transform myself into the ultimate bad boy dream girl. And that's what I did. So, what does a bad boy, altar boy, who can get any woman and has had lots and lots of girls, very sexually active, um, dream about having? Well, what he can't have, the most virtuous, virgin, devout, pure, sweet and shy girl there is, which is not, I'm not, that's not me, or maybe it is, but definitely I developed a PR campaign um, and I was so meticulous in it, it is actually a little scary at how single-minded I can be when I have a goal. It's actually, it's diabolical, really. It's very, very scary. Because I think at some point I fell asleep and uh, in this whole scenario and convinced myself that this was me and my life I was living. Because I was living it. I basically completely transformed myself into this person. Uh, everybody believed it. My, the nuns at school, um, my teachers, uh, the church community, my own family, uh, everybody believed me to be this really devout, really good Catholic girl. I mean, come on. That's, to me, that was what I, that was what I was most good at, right? I was not terribly pretty. Um, I didn't have a great figure. It was kind of like, you know, not a lot of curves going on there. So it's not as if I'm going to be attracting um, a man in that way. And I really didn't want to kiss boys, you know, because they're like, ew, right? You know, they smell funny and they're not really that smart. So I, I don't, I didn't think I could be like a hoe or anything. To like attract him so what was i good at i was good at being a catholic so i'm gonna be like the best catholic girl ever so i joined the legion of mary and started saying hail mary's i joined the youth group and started becoming a youth counselor i taught uh, confirmation classes in church i ran the hot dog store for the church bazaar I went around the country doing volunteer work, 
all over the place. I worked in the old age homes from the charity, you know, all these different charities. I became the treasurer of the St. Vincent de Paul Society Junior Edition. Um, everybody knew who I was. I am telling you that when it came to apply for uh, universities, the recommendations that I got was a little shocking. It was so shocking. I was like, who is this person? <laughs> who is this person that I'm writing about? Because is that me? Yeah, I really ran a campaign. My mom freaking believed it because um, at some point, my parish priest wrote the archbishop for me to get a scholarship uh, to do a vocational retreat to um, study theology because he felt that I had a, a, a spiritual destiny in the church um, and I should explore maybe after school um, going into the nunnery. Of course, my mother was goddamn horrified. She was like, what the fuck? <laughs> my daughter becoming a nun. Uh, what about my grandkids? <laughs> what about my grandkids? Yeah, she was just totally horrified at the idea of it. But I thought, whoa, extra press. I'm going to be a nun. I made that story spread like wildfire. Ooh, my population. My popular points just soared. Seriously, it soared. Soared. I was like, at that point, I realized, you know what? Uh, I need to start sealing the deal. I've done all the groundwork. I've done the PR work. I know that he knows who I am now. I am the most desired young female. Time to reel it in. So, the Christmas before my graduation, so this is Christmas 94, I decided to befriend his male cousin. Because what's more motivation to make a man step forward than jealousy? Or that somebody's going to step in and you know, get there before you, right? So I befriended his cousin. Um, and I really befriended his cousin. Like, me and his cousin talked every day on the phone. And we went out to places. I think a lot of people looking back actually thought me and his cousin were actually dating. I think his cousin thought that we were actually dating. But that's another story. By Easter, this is maybe about two months before my gra I graduate from school. So this is about um, a month before exams, my end of school exams. Um, he gets my number and he starts to talk. Of course I know who you are. He introduces himself, you know, hi, I'm Hayden. Of course I know who you are. Of course, yes. Hayden, great. Finally step forward taking you two years okay so yeah we start talking um and i realized that he is the most boring fuck there is like seriously all he wants to talk about is basketball and himself playing basketball really but you know i did work this hard you know he he really doesn't have to talk um he just has to go to my graduation dance and let me be seen with him because he's, he's really good arm candy. Um, I, I can tune out. He doesn't have to, you know. These pretty ones, really. 
you know, best they don't talk sometimes. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, I use the minimal encouragers in a conversation that you normally have. Mm -hmm, uh -huh, yeah, I understand. I pay just enough attention to, like, respond and ask questions appropriately. Stroke his ego, of course. Um, and then the conversation's as good as possible because, you know, I am shy, so I'm not going to stay on the phone very long. So, yeah. So, I've sealed the deal. Asked him if he's going to go to my graduation with me. He says yes. I said, great. I'm talking to my aunt about getting my dress. And she orders it from her neighbor's drag queen catalog. And I kid you not, my graduation dress looked like I was from Cabaret. But that's another story. Uh, yeah. So, the week before, I finished my exams. I've done really well, I, at least I think so. I'm getting ready to go to my graduation dance. I'm flying out, I think, a few weeks later out of the country to go and visit where I'm going to be going off to university because I already got pre-approved because I am a planner and a Virgo son and I always decide far in advance uh, you know I always have a plan A and a plan B and a plan C and alternate plans for that so I had already know where I was going to go off to university and I had pre-approved because my recommendations were like out of this world so yeah the week before my graduation Hayden breaks his leg in three places playing basketball and I'm really annoyed really really annoyed because that just destroys everything that I've worked for for the last two years I mean come on you go why didn't you protect yourself you know you have to get yourself delivered to my graduation dance and you go off and play basketball and break your leg in three places what are you talking about? You're in pain. What are you talking about that you can't stand up? There's crutches for that. What are you talking about? You can't go to my graduation. You are going to my graduation. That's okay. Yeah. So, all pretenses put aside, I'm like, there is no way that this man is going to ruin my plans. Okay, I'm getting him to my graduation dance. So I decided, okay, let's just take a little take a little time here. Let him take a little time. I decided I'm going to bake a cake. So I learned how to bake a cake. And I baked this really great, I forget, I think it was chocolate. I don't know, it wasn't really that important. The whole important, it, you know, it was just that I needed to get to his house and convince him that he needs to go to my graduation take some painkillers and wear some crutches and you can sit down the whole time but you need to get through the door sit in the freaking auditorium on a chair and be there so I go I take the cake and pretend to be all concerned about his leg yes yes you know and I am excited you know to go to my graduation and I keep bringing that up and keep bringing it up and he says 
really i i just can't go because i actually i can't stand up because when i stand up my leg hangs down you know the blood pools in my leg and it swells up and i you know i really can't i can't even sit i have to lie down at some point you know i, I turn into a decent human being and say okay this is just not gonna work and say fine so I resolved myself to the fact that my two years of hard work to make myself into the most popular sought after female just to get Hayden Zatnarine to my graduation dance. And what did I end up doing? Asking my sister's best friend to go and he spends the entire night flirting with every single female there great the end that was some shit right seriously that was manipulation and single-mindedness uh to the point that it's like a superpower really but i'm not gonna sit here and uh talk about walking through life and not creating harm you know that's not what i do that's i leave that for other people to talk about and preach this, of course, don't get me wrong, this is my shame story. Truly. And it speaks about, really, well, what I want to talk about is the harm that we can do ourselves in chasing after these goals that we make for ourselves sometimes. You know, we fixate on that end point uh, that will achieve happiness. And this is a really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? This is a really shallow goal. You know, I was 14. But we fixate on what we want to achieve and we work towards it so diligently. And sometimes we can be really selfish and self-absorbed in achieving it. And I want to say that I think that I probably caused myself more harm than I probably did to the people around me. Because at the age of 14, between the ages of 14 and 16, this is when, you know, you're becoming an adult. This is when you're exploring yourself. This is when you start to learn who you are. And instead of doing that at that really formative time, really important time, I spent two years building another filter on top of 
all of my childhood programming and creating another barrier between myself and the world. And that is an injury on its own to myself. I'm not taking away from all the horrible things that I did. Like I said, this is one of my shame stories. And I'm really glad to share it with you all. Thank you for listening.